This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 8, episode 52. It's Writing Excuses, 21 reasons you think you don't have time to write. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we aren't that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. And the part of Dan will be played by a sentient but mute dancing wombat. We also have Mehdi Ivy Harrison again, star- guest starring with us. Thank you for coming, Mehdi. Great to be here. Now, this podcast is based on an idea you pitched and an ebook you have out, which I believe is currently free. Yes, it's free on Amazon. And it is called 21 Reasons You Think You Don't Have Time to Write. And we're just going to let you start going down some of these reasons. We probably won't get to all of them, listeners. That's why I told you where you can find the audio, the ebook, so you can download it and read the rest of them. But we're just going to go down some of Medi's favorite ones, and we're going to discuss them. So what, what is a reason I don't think I have time to write? Okay, so I, I'm, I'm going to say that the reason I came up with this is that I have been to so many conferences, and people are always asking me how it is that I find time to write. And I can tell people like how I negotiate my day, how I figure out how to deal with my kids, how I plan out, you know, from hour to hour. But I started hearing it from so many people that I began to think that there was something deeper going on. It wasn't just about people figuring out how to schedule their lives. There is a deeper problem at work in this. So the first reason I've got is um, you're letting people tell you that you should be doing other things with your time. Mm. I mean, and this is an enormous problem. Um, first of all, that that um, you you need to acknowledge that you're letting people tell you this and you're letting that those people have control over your decisions um it could be your parents who are telling you it could be um a spouse not that you shouldn't listen to a spouse but um it could be kids but often it's actually people who um it's the keeping up with the joneses kind of thing people outside of your circle of family and and really close friends who are telling you oh you should be doing something else with your time mm-hmm. rather than writing. Yeah, I'm just going to jump in on this one because it is a pet peeve of mine. Um, that that one of the things that I feel like writers need to retrain themselves for is that 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 transition from writing as hobby to writing as something that you are serious about. Um, and that if it is a, if it were a job, if it were school, if it were anything else, that that conversation would not be happening. Right. And that that you need to protect your your writing space in the same way mm-hmm. people have this opinion of writers it's this weird sort of opinion and I've, I've talked about it on the cast before how people react when you say you're a writer and that sort of oh right until they find out that you're quote-unquote a real writer <laughs> uh, the trick is yes. you're a real writer long before you're a quote-unquote real writer in their eyes and that's part of this problem is was I less of a writer for those 10 years that I didn't get published that I was writing even more fiction than I am now, because now I have to do publicity and touring and all of these things. I was more of a writer then. And yet, in the eyes of all these people, there are other things I should have been doing. Um, I should have been doing this or that or whatnot, and instead I was writing. TV shows like Castle don't help. Mm, where yeah. there's this idea I that never writers... See the, yeah, it's like once every four episodes where we see him actually in front of a device yeah but he's almost never actually writing on it he's usually like making excuses not to write and then when he does anything that's writing related he has like a free bar at his release and um babes i I, there are no writers who have these things at their Uh, parties neil gaiman does okay that's that's (laughs) just neil 
Um, you know, the other the other aspect of this um, is a lot of even as people are accepting as a writer, there are a lot of things you do as a writer that aren't the writing parts that people don't understand. We've talked about this in the cast before. The staring off into space, the go for a walk and think through your storyline, the I need to be left alone right now even though my fingers aren't touching the keyboard at this exact moment because if I get interrupted, then that, that you know, and this yeah. these are the sort of things that people are like, well, you're not doing anything. Maybe you should be, I don't know, taking well, One thing trash. to keep in mind is that when you are supposed to be thinking, it is often critically important that you acknowledge. Yes. Right yeah. now, I am supposed to be thinking. My hands are not supposed to be on the keyboard unless I'm writing words. I don't need to check Facebook or Twitter mm -hmm. because mm. those things will interrupt me every bit as effectively as vacuuming the cat will. Yeah. Yeah. Should we go on to the next yes. one? Because I'm like, um, we could so, actually do an entire yes. podcast so, on that. So um, related yeah. to that is you haven't decided to treat your writing seriously, and so no one around you treats it seriously okay. either. And I, I wanted to say about a lot of these points, I mean, you can complain all day long about how the people around you are not doing what you need them to do to help you to become a writer. but. And, and it's possible that you, in fact, do, do need to change some of the people who are around you. I, I can't tell other people what they need to do. But you have a lot of control over your life mm -hmm. and the way that people see you that you're not acknowledging as a writer. And when you start treating your writing seriously, then other people do not, other people will naturally do it. So, for example, if you say, I am going to write from this time to this time. And you turn off your phone and you don't go on the internet during those times. People will begin to treat you more seriously when you do that. If your children come down and ask you if you will play a game with them during your writing time, if you say no and, you know, give them a nice kiss and, and send them away, those are signals to other people about the way you see your own writing and people will follow That's that not how I you. send that signal anymore. <laughs> okay, hands, how do you my, send No, it? my hands are on the keyboard and I'm writing and my, you know, so I will hear somebody walk into the room behind me and I have a little round mirror on the thing and I can tell if, I mean, if the house is you on fire. You have a mirror. I don't have a if, mirror. I mean, if the house is on fire, if there's something <laughs> serious going on, well, okay, I'll take my hands off the keyboard and I'll help. Um, uh, but often all they will get out of me is a grunt and maybe the word busy <laughs> and yeah. I keep writing. And for the most part, I don't need to say that because they will walk in and they, they will peek to see what daddy is doing. And if daddy is writing with the, the comic panels or if daddy is writing with the big block, you know, the big wall of text, then we will just turn around and go the other way because getting barked at is no fun. Yeah. We, we have, uh, we don't have children, but my husband also needs the signals. So mm -hmm. I have a trifold sign that says writing other work and goofing off and they should really oh, come I with that they should really come with like red light green light because <laughs> we use those at the treat at yeah. the retreat. those were wonderful yeah so you know goofing off totally approach me at will that's a green light other work maybe approach with caution because i may be you know uh writing no do not speak mm -hmm. to me and so my my office unfortunately doesn't have a door um, so what I get is I get this slow peek around <laughs> the corner until he can see the sign, and then this slow withdrawal. <laughs> oh. That's that is just awesome. <laughs> I love that image. It's hilarious. This is that, that was a great point. What what's the next one? Um, okay, you haven't made yourself a writing space. I mean, mm. I I think that in this day when people carry around laptops and iPads everywhere that they go. 
I don't, maybe some writers can work that way, but I need a space where my writing stuff is. I have an office. I don't always write in my office, but I have books in my office. It's, it's a writing cave. That is the place where I go and I'm inspired even when I am not actually hands-on keyboard. It, there are writers that You know, the space, I see, I see what you're saying. And uh, when I'm writing the comic, it's critically important that I be in my office with my tools. Um, when I'm writing prose, I have begun teaching myself that the space is, in fact, portable. Mm -hmm. And the act of unfolding the device and mm -hmm. setting it up in front of me and taking the backpack with all of its other things and maybe, you know, my water bottle or whatever else and positioning the things, I am. it's a little ritual and I create that space and it's... And then I need to stick to that and say, all right, I have created the space and the document is open and now I am not allowed to go through the, well, let's check email and Twitter one last time before we start. I have to I, I think have to that's a really that important yes. thing. And I think that may be an advanced skill that beginning writers may need <laughs> to right. have it, it, more okay, of a space. It may be an advanced skill, but the fact that we have mentioned it here and that the beginning writer knows it exists means that they can look at it and they can say, and if you're listening to me, you should be saying this, oh, I can totally do that. Yeah. yeah because I, you can. I started as a, a beginning writer, but I, that was because I was on tour and... So every day I was in a different place. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I had to learn to write on the road. I had to learn as I started touring. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, I no longer have a space. Yeah, but it is. But it. But learning, it's it's still creating. Even if it's not a, mm -hmm. I still it's a space have in a your head sometimes. Yeah, no, it's you, like yeah. I still have a physical space, and I still have, I still have writings. I have a writing program that I use for writing. You know, as opposed to. To, um, you know, like I use Scrivener, and, and so some of that, some of just having that open on the computer is like, okay, Mary, do not, do not open the Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's stop for our book of the week. Um, our book of the week this week is Metatropolis Green Space. Yes. Mary and, has a story in it. Yes, and so this is the third book in the Metatropolis uh, anthology series. This is original audio fiction uh, from Audible. This one was edited by Ken Scholes and Jay Lake. Uh, interesting, so these are um, science fiction. It's a shared world um, in the future of Earth, and, and a lot of it is exploring what Earth would be like after a green revolution has mm -hmm. taken place. Uh, one of the th interesting things about these stories is that they are all original. They all came out in uh, 2013 and are all eligible for um, for the Nebulas. But when you get to the Hugos, they are not eligible in fiction categories this year. They are eligible in Best Dramatic Presentation. Um, so the Hugos are the only uh, only category that does this, or only major award that does this, uh, that because there's a performance element, uh, they regard them as something different. And just as a side note, any of your favorite audiobooks would really mm -hmm. be eligible for Best Dramatic Presentation. Yes. But um, it divides out. So the uh, anthology itself is about uh, uh, for Best Long Form. And if you like any of the short stories in this, any of them are eligible in Best Dramatic Short Presentation. Howard, how can they get a copy of this? Well, head on out to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. You can start a 30-day free trial membership, pick up a copy of Metatropolis Green Space, and any number of other potential nominees for Best Dramatic Work, Short Form or Long Form. Um, 
which apparently is what audiobooks are classified and as. And your now. story is? Oh, and my story is called uh, The Forest of Memory. Um, and I really, really like what the narrator did with this. She's just absolutely wonderful. This is Alison Johnson was my narrator, and just she does a just bang-up job with it. Um, and if you're interested in structure, actually, uh, on one of the previous podcasts, we talked about a story that I got stuck on and needed mm -hmm. to power through and write by craft. This is that story. Excellent. That mm. was the episode, that was the Q&A episode with, with Mercedes Lackey. Yes. Mm. Is what that was. Let's, uh, let's go on to the next uh, reason. Okay, um, you don't let your kids and other people solve their own problems. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is one, uh, Howard was talking about how when he's working and his kids come in and, and um, he says, I'm busy, and they leave. For me, that's, it's a little different because I'm the primary caregiver and my husband works outside of the home. So there are times when my kids have an emergency and I have to decide on the spot whether or not this is a time when they need to solve their own problems or whether it's a time when I really need to step in. And it's, that's an important skill. And it's not just a, a kid's skill or a parent's skill. And mm -hmm. um, when you have friends, when you have other, you know, work obligations, it's really important to learn to, that sometimes you need to let people just, you can just say, oh, I, that must be really hard. You know, I'm sorry if, if you're, you're going through that. Solver, if your personality, if you are a problem solver, uh, there will always be a problem that is easier for you to solve than writing whatever yes. that thing is that you're supposed to write. <laughs> yes. There will always be that. Um, my kids have learned that, you know, if they're squabbling, I say they have learned. It still happens from time to time. Uh, if they're squabbling, if there's some sort of dis disagreement that reaches a pitch at which it is now distracting me from writing, I will get up from the writing chair, I will walk into the room where they are, and... Uh, begin bellowing at them and basically explain, look, you know, you guys need to fix this because if I need to fix this, I will just take away all of the things. What is it you're fighting over right now? Ah, a computer and an Xbox and a, and a DS. I can make those go away in a heartbeat. Figure it out. And then I'll storm back into my office. Um, and then it's quiet for a few minutes. And then Sandra comes out and convinces the children that daddy still loves them. I so wanted to do that when I was the vice president of CIFLA. <laughs> Just take this away is why all we the can't toys. Have nice things, huh? <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, so another one is that you think um, that you're going to have time to to write more later. I mean, mm. I, this is a constant <laughs> problem. Oh. People are always saying to themselves, "Oh, when I get through this particular thing, then I will have more time right. to write." Or when I have a different stage of life, when my kids are in school, or when my husband gets a job, or whatever your excuse is to say, "Oh, I'll have more time to write later." It may be true. It may, in mm -hmm. fact, be true. But it may not be true. And most of the time, my experience has been, you're not going to have any more time later. If you think when your kids grow up and leave home that suddenly they're not going to like need you anymore, it's really wrong. They may need you just as much or your parents may move in with you or there's always going to be something that unless if you don't prioritize your writing and get it done um, right. now. Yeah, I think the fact that we all laughed in knowing recognition <laughs> is, is a sign that Like I had. thought I would have more time to write when I became a professional writer. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. And no. I was so excited for the, uh, the first writing retreat at uh, Woodthrush Woods that uh, I went to. I'm very excited for the Writing Excuses uh, workshop and retreat we did last summer. For that exact reason, oh, finally, I will just be able to put away all the crap and write. And what happened... And it is, uh, I mean, we talked about it like three minutes ago. What happened is 
there was always something that actually did need to be done but not that by was you. easier to do mm-hmm. than the writing that mm-hmm. needed to be done um, I, I have a I have a big problem with that especially since the comic is easier for me to do than the writing that I also want to do yeah I mean that goes that's another uh, one of my uh, uh, reasons uh, you do what is urgent rather than what is necessary so it can be really easy to make a list of things that need to be done today and to do your list of things that need to be done today before you do the stuff that fulfills you as a writer mm-hmm. um, I try to prioritize first as a writer when I sit down get the chunk of writing I feel like I want to get on the page today get that done then deal with emails and putting out fires and whatever stuff needs to be done immediately and reversing that has um, enabled me to like increase my word count enormously on a daily basis. Yeah, there's a there's a website called uh, weekplanner.net, I think, or week. Anyway, um, we will put it in the liner notes with the correct mm-hmm. thing. But one of the philosophies of it is that um, you you basically is based on this this guy who does this demonstration where he puts you have big rocks and small rocks mm-hmm. and a yeah. container. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you try to put the small rocks in the container, and then you try to fit the big rocks in, and they don't go in. And then you put the big rocks in, and then you can fit all the small rocks around them. Um, and so the way this, this uh, it's a to-do list, but the way it works is that you break your life into different categories. And you're like, what is the most important thing you need to do today yeah. as a writer? Mm-hmm. And and that has actually been like, oh, look, I'm getting things done. It's now, I would, I would like to continue on these, but we are at 18 minutes. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, so I'm just going to ha- throw a writing prompt at Howard. Okay. Um, we've talked about lots of things that, you know, lots of excuses that you make, uh, lots of reasons why uh, you can't write, and we've explained why those don't actually count. Come up with a reason why the writer in your story absolutely cannot write <laughs> and then and then have that writer manage to write anyway hmm. all right and do go check out Medi's books including iron mom and 20, 21 reasons 21 reasons you think you ha- don't have time to write thank you very much for being on the podcast you all are out of excuses now go write If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. 